the Press Start Podcast, Press Start Australia's weekly video game discussion podcast, brought to you today by SteelSeries and their new range of alias mics. They're mics made for gamers. And a big shout out to SteelSeries for continuing to support the show. I'm your host, Ewan, joined today by my fellow gamers and co-hosts, Shannon. Hello. James. Hello. And Kieran. Hello. We came into the side of that record laughing because that is my third attempt at reading people's names correctly. But hey, we did it. We are away. Uh, on the show today, uh, we're going to be talking about Suicide Squad some more, the latest news around Xbox and their exclusives. Of course, that's kind of a developing story. Hopefully it doesn't change between us recording it and me getting the episode out tomorrow uh, and the potential for a new Last of Us game, which I know James is excited the most to talk about. He loves it whenever I bring up the Last of Us on the podcast. Uh, but first, Kieran, Final mm. Fantasy VII Rebirth. You yes. have had the opportunity to play it. Um yeah what did you play i there was more i was going to say but let, let me come to you first what did you get to play how did you find it uh yeah so i got to play uh for the for the first time just play straight from the beginning of the game uh for about four hours so basically covering the first two chapters um the first chapter being uh i guess like the tutorialized section which takes place in a flashback sequence that's super memorable for a lot of final fantasy fans and that was really really cool um, and then the second chapter was uh, a pretty much just like a free roam out in the open world in where the open world's first introduced in the game. Um, so that was exciting. In the context of a preview, very difficult because there was so much stuff to do. Mm. And I was just being pulled in every direction. And the Square Enix people were like, you really should be going like this way. <laughs> this is where the, like, the content is. And I'm like, oh, I want to do this. I want to ride chocobos. I want to dig for treasures. I want to, you know, all this stuff. So yeah, um, it was very cool, very exciting, uh, but lots more that, I want to check out now. I do want to point people the way of the website where they'll find your written preview, but you do also have like a video version of the preview. Some of your, I think it's some of your gameplay capture, or maybe it was provided. Um, bit of both. Square. Yeah, bit of both. Okay. Um, but like, has it left you more excited for the game than you already were? Is that even possible? Uh -huh. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't. I don't think it was possible for me to be more excited, but. I think I think my expectations have changed slightly just because there is more of like a contemporary open world element to the game that I wasn't really expecting. Um, now that I've like had a full taste of how it actually works um, and what mm. the cadence of things is, like um, there's things like I guess Ubisoft esque towers to open up the map and uh, like intel and treasures and stuff to find and little environmental details like like ghost of tsushima style animals you can follow to find secrets and stuff just oh, like cool. things like that that i just wasn't expecting to see in a final fantasy game um mm. especially after 16 which had those like open zones but was relatively like you just go to your quest marker and you do the quest and that was it yeah um so that was really interesting uh i did also spend a lot of time playing queen's blood which is like the mini game card game that they've introduced uh and i'm very excited to spend dozens of hours on that when the full game comes out nice yeah well i'm excited to dive more into your preview and hopefully get the hands my hands on the game myself some point soon uh james i'm glad you could join us on the show today though uh, because you submitted a review for suicide squad killed the justice league over the last couple of days obviously we didn't have a lot of time with this game kind of prior to being out and servers being live um i myself have kind of wrapped up the story component now and like very much in the live service element which i must admit i'm not thrilled by but i'm curious how did you find the game giving it the time you've been able to um like it's a pass like it it works for the most part um i i i, I don't know it's it's hard because like i i've like i've said in the past i feel like there's definitely like a pile on with this game yeah. um but I still, even though, like, obviously I didn't love it, um, I just liked it, like, a very soft like. Mm. Um, but it's, I still think you should try it if you like DC, because I think that the story, like, the, the characters and the writing is, like, still pretty solid. Um, it's just that, like, as a game, it kind of, like, at the beginning, we were quite positive when we talked about it, I think, last week or the week before. Um, but then, obviously, you just, I spent more time with it, and you kind of, mm. kind of understand like how little there is in terms of objective variety and um, like what the game kind of makes you do during the campaign and stuff. It is very much rotating through the same three to four objectives. Um, yeah. 
And as I start to, you know, get a little bit more into the skill trees and stuff, it kind of becomes also a bit obvious that the characters are all very similar besides their traversal methods. Yeah. Um, so there just isn't, like, a lot here for me to, I guess, keep playing. And that's the whole point of these games, right? Is like, you're meant to have this, like, kind of end game where it's fun and desirable to go and do raid-esque missions or whatever. Um, but I didn't get any of that from this. So, <clears throat> I think it's really obvious that Rocksteady definitely didn't spend the nine years making this game. I think that they definitely... Yeah. The rumours were that they started and stopped, I think, two projects before this, and you can definitely feel that. I just think there's not enough, like, meat on the bones, so to speak. Um, which which is a shame, because, like, I do think the combat works. Like, it does what it's meant to do. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I didn't... There's no, like, shoddy hitboxes. Like, it all feels quite accurate. It's it, The combat mm. can be quite fun when you get into the swing of things. Mm. Um, it's just there's not enough... It's, it's very much like Anthem, in a way, I feel, where... There's just not enough there to kind of support that combat system. Um, yeah. Yeah, how, certainly not enough variety. How do you think that, um, like, they're obviously doing, I think, four characters have been announced here. Like, how do you <clears throat> think that's going to go down? Like, will that be so, compelling enough to go back to? Or I, I, no. no, I don't think so. <laughs> um, like, I'd be, I'd be surprised um, because I don't know if... Uh, I don't know if this is, like, spoilers or not, but the way that it's going to work is I'm fairly certain it's going to be the same boss in each of the new seasons, um, which is justified narratively. Mm-hmm. But as I say in my review, it's a kind of plot point that they use in a lot of comic book movies that I'm kind of sick of. Um, so I don't know if that's going to be enough to save it, per se. Um, and there's also this horrible... Sh- I f- can't fucking stand when they're in games, when... They stop you, like, you're playing the main story, and it, like, stops you to go do side quests or whatever, just to, like, earn this. Because there's, like, six currencies, I think, or six resources or whatever. You need to mine one of them to even try the final boss in the main story. And yeah. I'm sure that that will be the case in the future seasons as well. <clears throat> um, which is just, like, ugh, I hate it. It's, like, so Yeah, it's a bit, awful. like, like it's very Destiny-esque in that regard, right? Like, you kind of have like strikes for lack of a better term like these kind of bigger harder missions where you get the better rewards but there's this like entry cost attributed behind doing those and if you don't have that currency to hand you've got to go and do these other side objectives which are just kind of rinse and repeating the same objective types to kind of get the currency that you need to buy in and i also kind of gather as well james that like i'm really only started doing this but each party member needs that same currency so you kind of got to make sure everyone's done that and can kind of pay their way into those missions too which is <clears throat> Maybe I'll put that wrong. Like but it it's does honestly suck. just like <laughs> such a cheap and nasty way to pad out your game. Yeah, and I, yeah. Like, and I do feel for them because I'm sure there were time constraints with how everything played out, and it's definitely not all in their hands, obviously. Um, but I just I don't know. It's it just leaves such a sour taste in your mouth, especially when you're like you're kind of starting to think this is all right. Like I don't mind it, and then you just get like like you know just completely all that momentum just disappears because you get blocked by yeah. having to do that. It gets um, in the way of itself so bad. Like, the story moments are otherwise good. I actually think the performances are good. Like, I agree. The, like, the I music love hits all, at I think times. they're all great. Like, but it's, it's, yeah. Yeah. Gets yeah. in the way and just stumbles and falls. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, Anyone like, else? On, on the plus side, I feel like a lot of people have learnt from this. <laughs> yeah. Like, I feel like Sony already maybe have learnt and are pivoting away from games as a service. Like, uh, I, yeah. I, but I hate that, like, maybe Rocksteady is going to be the sacrificial lamb for that because this is, like, I, 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 I worry for them. Like, I don't know. I feel like the word of mouth of this game is just, like, irrevocably bad mm. at this point, even though it's it's not as bad as people are saying. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's not, like, it's not... It's just so weird to think this came from the people who made the Arkham games. And I know people were a little bit yeah. down on Arkham Knight, um, but all of those games were still quite solid. And I still, to this day, feel like they're better than Spider-Man, but... Yeah. That's obviously another topic. Yeah, I, I think there's definitely <laughs> some fun to be had with this. I think it might be a bit hard to justify justify jumping in now and like paying full price for it, but there's a That's lot of like thing. like the retail yeah. price is like one nineteen. I think you yeah. can get it for what ninety nine now yeah. maybe. I just don't. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, 
But that being said, I think there is a lot of potential in there. And I think you've kind of said as much in your review as well, James, that who knows, like maybe once some of those other characters that Shannon mentioned, like come out, that that coincides with some additional mission types and stuff and just adds a bit more variety and makes that, kind of full uh, use of the combat system they've developed. Like that is obviously potential for the game but then you think yeah. like they're going to be working on this for like probably at least a year it's the same with crystal dynamics with avengers like they're going to be tied to this now because like they've promised that content and who yeah. knows how much further that goes so that that's not as if they can just be free of this and start the next thing like obviously it'll only be part of the team or whatever but still it's just i think to be honest uh, i think worse games have been turned around better over time like i think about how siege launched and that was pretty average yeah and, um, but but like even cyberpunk obviously um but i don't yeah i i would be but i don't know if it's worth is it worth yeah. doing that for this like is it worth spending another two years to, like i i don't well especially think... like w i think wb is like in you know quite a lot of debt b- between yeah. like you know the movies and tv side of things but also games so i don't know i i don't mm. i know i don't think that wb will sustain this for as long as they need to <clears throat> but to wait and see Maybe those twenty dollar Mortal Kombat skins will um, mm. make up for it. Maybe if you keep <laughs> buying them, then yeah, yeah. just me. It's me. I'm funding Suicide Squad. <laughs> Trust me. Yeah. Um, well, it's it's yeah, it's a fast, fascinating game, and I I could talk about it longer, but we we do need to move on because uh, I want to tackle this Xbox news that I think is kind of very much like the big subject of the day, and I think we'll probably be talking about this a lot more next week too. Uh, but in the last couple of days, news report, uh, new reports of Xbox games uh, coming to other platforms have emerged, including both Starfield and the newly announced Indiana Jones and The Great Circle. Um, Xbox era claims that Microsoft is making additional investment into PS5 development kits and that Starfield is joining Hi-Fi Rush, which we spoke about earlier, and Sea of Thieves uh, as part of a major pivot in strategy to recoup money, quote, left on the table for these titles. A lot of the stuff that we've kind of been speculating they might do. Um, In response to the developing story, head of Xbox Phil Spencer has announced a business update event scheduled for next week where they'll be sharing what's next in the brand's future. Um, Shannon. Obviously, we've speculated at length about Xbox's next steps for a while now, but it seemingly is upon us now. The time is nigh. Uh, what do you think is in the immediate future for Xbox? I love that we've just gone through two years of talking about them acquiring Activision Blizzard, and now they're yeah. just like going third party again. Once that's <laughs> yeah. um, oh, it's such a hard one. Like, I think obviously this started. I don't even know if it was last year or like there's been rumblings like Hi-Fi Rush and Sea of Thieves for a while, which like people were were upset about the Xbox sort of diehards, but no one was really like up in arms or like thinking it was a a strategic change. But then as like this week has rolled out, um, there's rumors of everything from Starfield to sort of Gears coming to PlayStation. Um, it's it's a complex one. Like every time I think about it, like I come away with a new thought or a different thought in terms of like it makes sense. But then, like obviously, it could mean that they sell even less Xboxes or like Xbox Game Pass goes down and people can play things on PlayStation. But then I think back to like what else could they do apart from this at this moment? Like if console sales are tracking behind Xbox One and Game Pass isn't growing, like what other options? do they have so i think we are going to see um playstation xbox games on playstation and switch to a lesser degree um i don't think it's going to mean any change to like console strategy in the near future but again it does put that question in your mind and it does put a little bit of doubt um that if they end up selling a lot more games on other platforms and xbox console sales drop and they're huge on pc um Mm. yeah like what does that mean for xbox but They've just acquired two of the biggest publishers and own a lot more. So um, they're a huge part of the industry. So I don't think they're going to go away, but I think they're just going to start trying things differently and throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks and hoping that it it comes off, which is great for for everyone. But yeah, it's just, it feels like a weird time. Like we've finally hit like next year, next year, next year, Xbox will be... Um, in a place where they're releasing games. We finally feel like we're hitting that and now they're going to start releasing the games on on PlayStation. So it's weird. I don't think anyone expected this to happen now, I don't think. (laughs) 
yeah we've been saying for forever it's like xbox needs more exclusives like more high quality exclusives and now they've got more than the rest combined <laughs> potentially at their disposal and they're pivoting away from that but yeah maybe that is actually how they get their games kind of in the hands of gamers and they at least kind of do it via um via an ecosystem in game pass that they control and and get the revenue from but mm. yeah kieran what's what's your gut feel i suppose at this this point in time maybe we'll have a bit more clarity on this next week um but how does xbox handle the release of their games going forward do you think it'll be a hard and fast rule that everything's everywhere or will it be timed exclusives or maybe just a Uh, bit of both uh i mean i think it's still probably in their best interest to have some timed exclusives or even some like hard and fast exclusives like Mm. forza halo that kind of thing even though like halo is already on the table as a rumored uh crossover um I, I guess like it's, it's it's not overly surprising in some ways. I mean, it's money on the table that they obviously want. Um, yeah. And Microsoft as a company, like they dabble in hardware, but like if you look at their PCs, they do high end kind of PCs with Surface, like they're a premium product, but they're in everyone else's PC already anyway. Um, and I, I feel like they've looked at that strategy and thought, you know, maybe this can apply to games, and maybe it means that they change their hardware strategy a little bit in the future because right now the ps5 and the xbox series x are pretty similar mm. um and i think that probably contributes a lot like there's not re- there's not a good reason to own both so if the games you want are on one then that's where you go maybe in the future they'll have a more premium more expensive console than sony and that'll be like their position in the market uh or they go the other direction you know there's i think there's options for them to still continue in hardware if they have a compelling product so yeah yeah. i i I think we'll just see like a soft rollout and then they'll play it by ear from there yeah like i suppose you've got the samsung tvs have the app built in so like technically like there's not a console exclusivity here as well and if you've got a pc you can make use of uh, pc game pass as well so maybe that's already kind of been somewhat eroded but like as you said X- xbox is going to be the best place to play for so many people like if you want to kind of sit down at your tv and get 4k resolution gaming with the controller like that's always going to be an xbox hard say um james what's what's your feeling on i guess like these kind of developing story of games going exclusive and and now i guess like phil spencer's reaction to it as well he seems to have like responded pretty quickly to this story growing by announcing this business update um i don't know i i i I kind of wish that they would just talk about it now like i know Mm. that you can't like in in the corporate world you can't kind of just do that it's not really that's not really how it works at the same time so it's kind of stupid of me to say that but i do think with the way people talk about and speculate about these things like it's just snowballing at the moment and it's just like dominating like everywhere i look um In terms of like how I feel about it, I don't really know. I don't really understand what it means. I don't really want to jump to any conclusions either. Um, I I think that what probably will happen is I'm assuming the hardware will still happen. But so if you buy hardware, you might get games earlier and on Game Pass, you know. But then obviously, if you want yeah. to wait a few months, you'll get you can buy it on PS Five, and that kind of solves their problem. That I think they have. I think me and Shannon talk about this like not every day, but regularly, it's like, um, there's, I, like, there's millions of people subscribing, right? But there's not a lot of growth happening now. Like, it's kind of stagnated yeah. a bit. And if they can get that, when you, there's still a lot of people paying that money every month and they're getting that cash, you know, in hand every month. <clears throat> but then, like, to be able to kind of have these random ass injections from, like, a PS5 launch or a Switch launch of something would probably just help as well. Um because at the end of the day, it's all about money, right? Like, it's not about letting everyone play the game. Like, I'm sure that that's what, that's what they obviously say, the front-facing kind of PR side of things, but it is definitely about money. Um, and I think that they definitely would probably look at, say, Starfield uh, and all of their other first part, like Forza, and probably have seen there's not as big a jump in subscribers since then, since for both those mm. games. Yeah. <clears throat> my 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 hope is that they keep doing hardware um like i i don't think you guys or anyone wants a world where it's just sony making hardware like i don't think that's gonna 
be beneficial to anyone. Like, I think yeah. they're already quite complacent. I think being number one, especially this year. Um, so, and with some of their choices. But I think to have no competitors then is, like, really bad. Um, yeah. Which, like, obviously... Yeah. But then my other thing is, is, like, I don't think... If we just magically... If we just port Starfield to um, PS5, does that magically save Xbox? Like, it's not necessarily... Like, I don't... These games also aren't the critical darlings or, like, the games that kind of move units. Like, people are saying, would you buy Halo Infinite if it was on PS5? And it's like, if the Xbox audience didn't buy Halo Infinite on Xbox, what chance does the <laughs> PlayStation audience have to buy it? Like, or they didn't sign up to, like, a $15 a month kind of subscription service. I, I think... Playing it either. And yeah, I wonder if right. they shot themselves in the foot with that $1 trial for so long. Like, I know a yeah. lot of people yeah. who would just create a trial for $2 or, like, a dollar or so, whatever it was, and just play that game for the month and then just give it up. And, like, yeah. yes, that's, like, shitty, scummy behavior, but, like, I guess, like, that's just what happened. Um mm. Uh, but yeah, someone else. I, I was I was gonna say like, <clears throat> Xbox is making money. I don't. It's like billions of dollars in in profit or a billion dollars or I can't remember what. Like they're making a lot of money with the Xbox brand. I think it probably just comes back to like Spider Man, where we're talking about. I don't even know if that's made money. Spider Man Two, like in how much they spent on development and how much that's sold, and it's still, uh, it's probably like break even or like sometimes as as if they've made a billion dollars in sales like they would from a movie. Um, yeah. So for Xbox, like, it's not as if they're going to go on... Microsoft isn't going to go under tomorrow, but I feel like it's probably just looking at, like, Starfield and um, Halo and Gears and, like, how many hundreds of million they're spending in development and then just trying to get some of that back so, like, they can actually keep making these big games and, like, at least come out even and then Game Pass um, is sort of topping that up as a whole. I think it's probably just trying to recruit some of that. I think the issue is, like, it's... Once you say that four or five games are coming to PlayStation, like immediately, like people are going to wait for games and it just changes everything. I think that's, that's the, re- like once you open that door and like you put Halo and Gears and Starford and whatever else on another platform, like it just changes everything in what we've known for the last 20 years. So I don't, I, it's not a bad thing and they're going to make more money from it. It's just like, where does that leave the Xbox brand? Which, yeah. Yeah, I don't want to go too far down any path, but I'd argue, like, Bethesda... Like, they're already... Like, these brands are new to the Xbox staple, like, Halo and COD are Xbox, but, like, it's not as if a lot of these brands are traditionally, like, Xbox household names as an Xbox franchise. Yeah. Um, I I think whilst it remains kind of up in the air as to whether these games are going to be available on other platforms, the people that have a PlayStation have a Switch... And, you know, we're kind of maybe starting to flirt with the idea of signing up to Game Pass, getting maybe getting an Xbox to do so. Like, they're, they're just going to wait that little bit longer, I think. Like, and that's, that's where I think they had to be so consistent with the, it is an Xbox or, like, a Game Pass exclusive. Like, if you don't have a device that doesn't, that has access to Game Pass, you cannot play this game. It's like, they had to be kind of really clear on that information and i hope that when they come out and provide an update and whatever sort of change in strategy is going to come about as of that like they're, they're really kind of clear in the communication i think they have to be because yeah to your point shannon if there's still if we come away from that with speculation that indiana jones is like maybe still coming to the ps5 like people are just gonna sit and wait i think or um, it can't just be like a game hasn't sold as much as we wanted or, or like yeah, we're going to yeah. put it on PlayStation. Like, I feel like there needs to be a strategy behind it. Like, it's going to be a year. Like, if you want to play a game in the first yeah. six months, it's going to be on game. Like, something yeah. like it needs to be on the front foot. Like, you need to be ahead of it with a strategy, not reactive to the yeah. game flopping or, or whatever. I th- I and think I think that makes a lot of sense and still a really strong value proposition. Like, if you go, okay, every Xbox exclusive, like first party title is is gonna be game pass exclusive for the first year and then like there's the potential for it to come to other platforms like if if they're just like there's a 12 month rule i think yeah. that makes total and it's, sense it's a good marketing technique like if yeah. starfield is on playstation and like maybe the average gamer doesn't really know what it is and they they a friend says oh it's on game pass or pc game pass like i, I just think it opens these games and franchises up to more people which will um, drive Game Pass up. I'm yeah. sure that's what they're hoping. Like nobody knows how it's going to shake yeah. out, though. That's 
you can't really go back once yeah. once they do it. But I, I also I think, think it's, it's like fascinating that all this is happening while like Pal World is a thing and a lot of people <laughs> are playing that in Game Pass and it's and that's kind of like an early preview thing anyhow. Like the game's not officially released, I suppose. It's in a, like a, an yeah. early access sort of state. But I think and like that, that word that's of mouth the problem though. Like that's service. probably the biggest success for Game Pass. Yeah. Ever. But what yeah. has that brought? But my, the question there is, is like, what has that brought Microsoft? Like, have people signed up to Game Pass to play Power World? I feel or like an Xbox to buying, play Power World. I feel like they are for that for that game more than. <laughs> do you think people are buying uh, hardware? You do you think you people are buying hardware for Power World? Oh, I don't. I don't know if people. Well, I don't know. Maybe it has become a bit of like a cultural phenomenon. I did. I did acquire a Series <laughs> yeah, S. Actually. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fair point. <laughs> so you and um, bought a Series X for Power. You and bought. Yeah, that's you and shit the needle. I didn't know that. That's like really feel, interesting to me. I did you like, know I bought an S? Did that not come up? Wow. No, I've never heard that. I thought you were I'd playing your Series compelled. S. I I didn't buy it new. I bought it off my brother's girlfriend. They're about to move overseas, and I was like, I'll give you a couple hundred bucks for that X. But if Power World didn't exist, Series you S, have done I that. Say. Well, that kind of it was also well, my it point. Came Microsoft at the time. made nothing from that transaction between you and yeah. I. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it went from one person that didn't want one, someone else that kind of didn't want one. <laughs> I feel like I feel like Power World is a Power World is probably a good example though, because I know quite a few people who like heard of that because of game pass or tried it on game yeah. pass and then immediately bought it on steam because the updates are coming faster on steam also doesn't help xbox but that's what no, i'm saying that's what no. i'm saying like the, there's yeah. more people playing it on pc yeah. is no, microsoft getting any you, of that if oh. you shift that and say you know oh this game is on playstation but there's a better experience or like you get stuff sooner on game pass maybe it works the same yeah. way as as steam is working uh. for power world I wonder how effective the strategy for, like, Ubisoft and EA has been for, like, those, you know, you pay for this deluxe edition, you get three-day early access. I think all split launches are really successful, 100%. I don't know Maybe that's exactly what Xbox are looking at and going, like, if we can just get kind of a diehard sort of fan base to kind of come in as, like, early adopters in the Xbox ecosystem and, like, champion this game for the first year as we essentially kind of stress test it to a degree or maybe like kind of have it in like an early access state then like 12 months later there's a bit of momentum and stuff and it has a kind of a bigger multi-platform launch i i'm starting to convince myself that that's a good idea Mm. i guess but then the flip (laughs) side of that is if you like if a game is broken for the first year on xbox then releases on playstation with like yeah a day would would a halo infinite release 12 months later on playstation to james's earliest point yeah yeah i mean that's what's gonna happen with starfield so i think early access launches work if the game is good and there's like word of mouth and people like i want to wait two days to i just want to play it now like, and that's, yeah, I'm I'm conflating two things that are very different, yeah. I suppose. But yes, yeah. Well, like, um, yeah. it's like early access, but for like a year. It's I did sort thing. of have the question that I think like we've kind of already touched on, but I'm going to kind of put it to you, James. Like, whilst all this is up in the air, do you think it's damaging Xbox's brand? Is that why Phil Spencer is like so quick to kind of put a statement out? Like, um, I'm not confident this business update was planned for next week. Which, like any like anyway, I don't think it was original, a date there in the calendar. The original like leak was which i think is true was that it was going to be feb at some point so like I, okay i believe Maybe that it was yeah. um like i was saying before i i i feel i don't actually think what phil has said is like enough personally like i definitely think mm. they should just rip the band well it off. says that it's happening right so like i feel like you need to try and say something more now yeah rather than just be like yeah something's going on tee and then like just letting everybody just like go <laughs> ape shit on social media about do you know what i mean and does, this is obviously does a week make a difference can you can you not wait mm-hmm. a week um it depends i guess i don't know it's like a long I, time you i said to yeah, i said I to shannon like two days ago i'm like do i just if he, they're quitting xbox do i just lose my library like i've thought about that and then i was like do i keep buying games on xbox? Sleep over it. <laughs> yeah like i haven't lost sleep but like um yeah i don't know and i'm not even like there's like i've seen psychotic people on twitter as as usual but like i've saw two people at least trade their xboxes in and make a big drama about that and like i don't I, i'm not <laughs> obviously that type of what person what does that look like <laughs> what do you, what what do you a, mean what does a big drama about trading in their xbox look like is that sort of like, like a ceremony? screenshot <laughs> one, of your on receipt hand, of like, you trading uh, it in is like very uh, dramatic 
and it sounds like, crazy, but then Xbox. I kind of get like, like 10 years of waiting for like this moment that we've come to now. And then it just feels like <clears throat> they're blowing it up. But like, it doesn't affect anyone personally. Do you know what? The problem, the problem the is, this is how I felt in the Wii U era. And like, they came out on top at the end. So like, I feel like yeah. maybe it can happen for Xbox. But, but, um, but Nintendo, like, stuck with their, like, kept that horse in the race, you know? Like, they stuck well, to they their didn't. guns. They dropped motion... They, they, I mean, they, they did in some ways, but they definitely abandoned, like, the motion controls or whatever and went more traditional. Oh, I, I mean, in, like, the sense, like, the discussion... It would have been easier to like, why don't Nintendo, or- Yeah, why don't <laughs> Nintendo release their games on other platforms? They would sell so well. But they've doubled down and made millions now selling Switches. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, no, I know. But what I'm, 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 I'm just saying, I feel the same way I felt like when I was a Nintendo fan during the Wii U. It's like, you yeah. just get this constant, like, one more year, one more week, one more whatever. Yeah. Next game. Crackdown 3 yeah. is the game that will save Xbox. Yeah. And then, so, you know, and then... I don't... It, it's hard... It, the, yeah, the bad part for them is it is damaging because we're, we're talking about it and speculating, like, which is natural for anyone to do, like... Which is what everyone is doing. Or, everyone who has a podcast yeah. this week will be talking about it. Like, yeah. absolutely. But even just normal, like, like, friend groups and whatever, like, I'm not saying podcasts, like, anyone just talking about it and speculating, like, you think the worst i don't know I, it's it's gonna be interesting I just to see think, what actually is in this yeah there's just like so much noise and i feel like they could really cut through that with like maybe just a little bit more clearer messaging um but they've never been good at that so that's like why i i think next week we won't know anything like i feel like it's gonna be you know even when they bought you know bethesda and stuff and they were being like so weird about like what will and won't be exclusive and stuff like it's just i don't know i they have to be clear you, like, I think if they if they are releasing new hardware this year, I think like now is the time to talk about it and like give people confidence in in the brand. Like I think you just lay it all out there and say what the next twelve months looks like, yeah, and beyond, and say we we don't know for sure, but like here's what we know for sure today, and here's what we're reevaluating, and just just be honest at this point. I think. Yeah, I, I I put a lot of faith in Phil Spencer. Like, I think he's made a lot of strong calls at Xbox. At, if the games had come out and been critical, um, like, yeah, critically better received, I suppose, like, better received by the fan base as well, this would be a very different, like, situation. Like, had Redfall yeah. been incredible, had Halo Infinite been everything we wanted it to be, had Starfield been, like, as good as Skyrim was. Like, all of this sort of thing. Like, we'd be in a very different position. So, Games yeah. are hard. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Uh, anyhow, I think we better crack on. No doubt next week we'll have way more to discuss on this. And we'll probably time the podcast, I'd have thought, around the the announcement whenever that is. We don't yet have a date or time for that. Brody but... and James can live burn well... their consoles <laughs> control. <laughs> it. Add my newly purchased Series <laughs> S to the fire. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right, before we move on, I want to tell you more about these SteelSeries mics that we're using here on the show. Um, as we said before, we're incredibly grateful for SteelSeries for kidding us out with these brand new alias mics and helping us sound great without compliment uh, without complicating our setups. They really compliment all of our steel series headsets as well a big fan of all of their stuff um i'm using the alias which plugs straight into my pc with a single usb-c connection mine's got some like handy leds on it that show my levels and indicate if the mic is muted thankfully now it's not um whereas shannon has the alias pro uh which makes use of an xlr connection into a dac which kind of puts some handy controls at his disposal um but both make full use of SteelSeries' sonar software, which includes like all their fancy noise cancellation software, EQs, and a ton of other settings, um, as well as like a volume mixer as well. So really handy um, for monitor like managing all your audio, no matter what sort of setup you've got. Um, but massive thanks again to SteelSeries for supporting the show again. Uh, moving on. The Grounded 2 documentary came out this past week with tidbit from Neil Druckmann that suggests that part three could be on the way. I see Shannon's eyes immediately light up. Uh, quote, I don't have a story, but I do have a concept. That to me is as exciting as the first Last of Us, As sorry, as exciting as the first Last of Us, as exciting as two. It's its own thing, yet has a through line for all three. Druckmann says, as he explained the concept for the game, that genuinely excited him for the Druckmann says, as he explains, a concept for the game that generally excited him that didn't exist for quite a time. Uh, So it does feel like there's probably one more chapter to this story. 
Um, I butchered your writing there, Kieran, but hopefully that somewhat made sense. Uh, Shannon, I might come to you first. Do we get another Last of Us game in the foreseeable future? And what direction do you think it goes? Um, yeah, I feel like Neil wouldn't say this, um, particularly what happened with online, if it like wasn't happening in the pipeline. At some point, I think foreseeable future, I think it's like four or five years away, um, at least. Granted, I don't know how much more they could evolve gameplay, so I'd, I'd like to think a lot of the systems that they showcase in, in Grounded would be there. Um, direction is a tough one. Like, I don't, no one would have predicted that part two would go in the way um, that it did in, in any way, shape or form. So um, I think it's exciting if he's found something as, as equally good and groundbreaking as, as those. Um, mm. Be interesting. I don't know. I'd like to see it like in the future again and, and just, I don't know, like Ellie, Abby um, and, and where those characters are at. And I don't know. I can't even think or speculate about what it could couldn't tell but i trust if he's got something that he's confident in i don't think anyone cares more about this franchise than than him and these characters i suppose like after the first game like we didn't know there was gonna be a part two um uh and i'd kind of like that they had the attitude then of like we'll only do a second if we feel like there's a story to be told and if we kind of arrive at that so it excites me that there is at least kind of conceptually or thematically a story that he feels compelled to tell it kind of feels like a lot of the plot beats that maybe kind of get there he doesn't quite know but then it wouldn't surprise me if he's been a bit cryptic and it's actually kind of more fleshed out and mapped out than he's perhaps letting Mm. on and who knows i guess when like i actually haven't watched the documentary yet but who knows when that dialogue was recorded like maybe it's advanced (laughs) since then um, but yeah, I think there's still a, like within the universe of Last of Us and without spoiling too much, um, I think there's a lot unresolved, unrevol- like particularly for like Ellie as a character and it wouldn't surprise me like given the relationship that she has with Dina, if they kind of like further explored that and see what she would be prepared to do to kind of protect her and that relationship in the same way that Joel was presented with those challenges and asked to make really difficult choices and like would we see like a full circle character moment for ellie in which like she acts differently or does she behave in the exact same way i think that'd be something really interesting to explore um but yeah Mm. did you enjoy the documentary otherwise shannon um yeah it was good i didn't watch the first one and to be honest like normally this type of stuff doesn't hold my interest um Mm. too much but it was it was really good um it's a shame that like i feel like around the leak and, and some of the crucial parts of development sort of weren't captured because of yeah. um, COVID. And I feel like that bit was kind of rushed through in particular. Um, but yeah, super insightful. And just, we all know how much detail Naughty Dog put into things, but like going yeah. into some of that stuff was really cool. Just really crazy what Laura Bailey had to go through as well. That's nuts. Um, Kieran, do you like, have you played much of the remaster and I guess like this mentioned and grounded as well? Have you got an appetite for more of The Last of Us? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I did play through the the main story again in the remaster. Um, yeah. Which, uh, yeah, reminded me of how like strong that, that story actually is um, mm. after after a couple of years uh, to reflect on it. Um, I, I think like... I'd be excited to see a part three that has that kind of pays off a lot of that stuff. Like, like, like you already said, um, I think there was lots of cool kind of character learnings and stuff through the second one. Um, I can even see a, a third game introducing like a common enemy for these characters that we already know that have been clashing this entire time to kind of come together and go up against. I feel like that would be a really good payoff for a lot of the those character arcs, but. I don't know. I mean, there's like Shannon said, who, who knows? Yeah. Um, and it could, it could be closer as well than we think. Cause that documentary obviously started filming in 2019. So it's like, mm. I, yeah, I do remember what I first thought of when the, I, I feel like, like around Ellie's cure and like more stuff around that and like exploring that would be, I feel like that wasn't much of the okay, Yeah. Game. That kind of fell off. Yeah. Um, yeah. and like other, other people, like things like that, I think in this world, and that's what it was about initially, it would be cool to, to explore again. I wouldn't actually surprise me if it starts with 
Abby and spends quite a bit of time with her. And then that kind of comes up and she goes off in search for her to like give her a second chance. And yeah, then where that goes, I don't know what I would want to happen, but I would be there for it. (laughs) Um, James, how do you want to weigh in? Do you want me to ask about Uncharted instead? Or do you want to talk about some of The Last of Us? Um, No, we we can move on. Do, you want. <laughs> do you do you want me to ask you about Uncharted? Because sure, last me. If go we on. can stick with audio for like a years, Uncharted, I consent. Combo back back PlayStation. <laughs> yeah, uh, courtesy of the Xbox Era podcast, which we need to credit as well for the, a lot of this Xbox story. So Xbox Era really contributing a lot to the discussion today. Um, there's a rumor that Uncharted Drake's Fortune, a remake of the game, was floated internally at PlayStation, and this has kind of been kicked around a little bit because of the <coughs> like the visual art group that's what they started on before they did the last of us and that got palmed back over to to naughty dog um but it does seem like of all of the uncharted games to kind of remake a bit of an odd one to focus in on i'm curious though james like do you see uncharted coming back in any capacity could it be a remake of the first game or would you like to see them handle it a bit differently Um, I, I, yeah, I don't, I think my prediction about PlayStation was right. If they're really remaking Uncharted 1, like, it's been the same amount of time between RE4 and remake and, and Uncharted and the remake, just, just for the context. (laughs) Games were very different when RE4, a year, a year apart. No, oh my God. Maybe we should just move on. What are your thoughts, Ewan? <laughs> I don't. I don't know why Shannon just like said yeah, literally the game. because he, he let you say one word. That's a fact. I feel like screaming that's, that's just, like that's typical just facts. Regardless of its fact uh, or not, like it just the choice for you to bring it up when you did was what I was questioning. Anyway, Ewan, <laughs> I think when I went back, when I actually when I played the Uncharted games on PS4, I did think the first one there was something about it that was really rough. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, so I, I that in that way it makes sense to me absolutely. Um, it's definitely aged the worst. Like, it, yeah, you're right. It is rough nowadays. Yeah, I would just rather like all speed ahead on something new from Naughty Dog at this point. Like, I, I as much as I like shit on like Last of Us Two from time to time, I respect yeah. that it did something very different. Um, and by flipping the script, like I feel like that was quite well done. Um, so I'm keen to see them try something new. Like, I just am not interested, like, you know, b- between, like, Until Dawn and Uncharted 1. Like, I don't know. I'm just not interested yeah. in revisiting oh, these yeah. games again. Like, I don't... Yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's, I'm, that's my I'm convinced <laughs> that uh, that Bend is making a new Uncharted game. Like, I think they will <clears throat> reboot the franchise to a certain extent. I've, Maybe I've with honest, a familiar though, character. Uh, I finished four and I and I liked Locke's Legacy f- quite a lot, but I just didn't. Yeah. I don't feel like I needed more from those games. Like I feel like they were well and truly yeah. done with what they could do um, in terms of just like the cinematic spectacle and the way all of the set pieces play out and stuff. I I, I just didn't feel like there was anything. Let, let me put untouched. it this way: I would rather another Uncharted game than Days Gone Two, though. Like <laughs> that's that's kind of where I'm I still at. think there's like, untapped potential in what days gone was like i don't yeah. like i'm not saying uncharted is such a, like a nor like it, it's just a game that anyone can play like if you play like two or three like if you play fifa and cod like you could play uncharted like my dad played the first three un- like it's just a game that anyone can enjoy like it's a blockbuster um mm. yeah yeah I don't, I don't think it's quite the same like it, it's not like a death stranding definitely... type game yeah, and given we've had the film now as well, like, I feel like it could sit in the same wheelhouse that, like, the Spider-Man games do. Like, it's yeah, just it's that like kind Spider-Man. of popcorn-y sort exactly. of very accessible game. To be honest, I would prefer an Uncharted, because I feel like with Uncharted 4, I did feel like the story was interesting, but the game got in the mm. way of that a lot, because it was just a lot of shootouts regularly. But if yeah. they were to pivot Uncharted 2, have, still have those, like, big bombastic set pieces, but be that more exploratory kind of tomb raider-esque experience like i know that like tomb raider obviously isn't as popular but like i, I would probably prefer that more um yeah. but that's not what makes the big bucks the yeah big bucks it honestly wouldn't surprise me if like things that you run away yeah. from i think it needs new characters which that that's what doesn't make sense about remaking the first like if they're doing yeah. a new game with new characters why would you remake 
the original, unless it's like I always we always have said like Ms. Uncharted, like you play as yeah. Nathan Drake's kid or whatever, like that would be which cool. maybe that yeah. is why and do like the Star Wars of the original, yeah, like the Star Wars thing where like the, you have the old characters appear but not as the main characters or something. Yeah, it could be a bit weird, I guess. Like if that's the focus of the game is like his daughter, but then you watch the movie and it's still like Tom Holland running about. And it's like you're not telling me this bloke's got a kid. What if it's a remake with, with Tom Holland's face, his oh, yeah. likeness? That would be really good. That would be something I'd really Mark <laughs> enjoy. Uh, all right, all right. Let's move on. I have a rapid-fire question for you all. Star Wars Jedi Survivor won a Grammy this week for its soundtrack. James wanted to make sure I didn't miss that piece of news and forwarded on a lovely message that he received from... From a fan. <laughs> from a fan. <laughs> um... What game would you submit for the Grammys Hall of Fame, should that be? A, a game soundtrack, I should say. Um, one game soundtrack you would put forward to enter into the Grammy Hall of Fame. Kieran, what would that be? Uh, there's a lot. I'm just going to say, because I've got the vinyl sitting back there, the Death Stranding soundtrack, like the original score, Oh. Uh, I still very much enjoy. Um, so, yeah. That one. Shannon? Uh, I don't know. Um, Uncharted. <laughs> the, the theme song is... <laughs> nah, I think Skyrim. I like think Skyrim is one that always um, people come back mm. to and listen to the soundtrack a lot. I think Skyrim. And it's just iconic for a number of reasons. So, it's yeah. with that. It's a good shout, James. Mass Effect. Mass Ooh, Effect. yes. Okay. Mm. I feel like there is like too many to mention. It's hard. There is, but Mass Effect is like the choice. The one I continually go back to, and it's maybe a bit of a cop out because I don't know how much it was original. But the Hotline Miami soundtrack, like, just oh hell yeah! I was thinking about that again recently, playing The Last of Us Remastered, and uh, damn, it's so good. Because the she's playing on the Vita. I had to think about that for a second, then I was like, oh, you can hear, you can like literally hear the song coming out of the. Yeah, you can. I was like, that soundtrack's so good. Uh, All right, what the wiki is the press start podcast game show where the previous week's winner reads part of a Wikipedia page for an unknown game, and we, the contestants, must guess the game. A point is awarded for each correct guess with the round ending after a person's bagged themselves two points. Uh, as last week's winner, Kieran, is in mm. the hosting chair. Uh, there's big change up in the scoring last week. James is still in first place. Actually, no, sorry, James, you might have moved up into first place as a result last week. I can't remember. Anyhow, you're on five points. Brody, Shannon, Kieran are all tied in second place on three points each. Uh, and I am bringing up the rear on two points. Uh, don't get too excited, Shannon. I'm bringing up the <laughs> rear and the points. Um, but Kieran... You won last week, so the hosting duties are all yours. Take it away. Okay. Um, I was struggling to find games that weren't too easy or that we've used before, but let's let's see how we go. I feel like, yeah, we've used a lot of games. We have used a lot of games. <laughs> yeah. um, we need a new game. We need. <laughs> I have ideas for that. I, I oh. told you, and maybe one of them. Did you? <laughs> but we'll. we'll yeah, let's move let's, on. Let's, okay. let's go. Let's go. Game number one is. Uh, a two-dimensional puzzle platform game set in a three-dimensional world. The player character lives peacefully on a two-dimensional plane until he receives an item and witnesses the breakup of a giant golden hexahedron that tears the fabric of space-time and James. reveals a third dimension. James. Is it Fez? Yeah, it's Fez. Oh, oh. I was thinking that. And I was like, it's not. Well, it is. Sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>, it is. <laughs> I didn't think Kieran would pick Fez. I don't know. You just knew. There actually was a. They started. I started with a theme, and that kind of. I was like, oh, "This is actually terrible," which is why I'm so unprepared right now. But that was the first one in that theme. Um, James is off the mark. Then up on six points now. We better stop him here, Shannon. We don't want him getting that bonus point. Paperscape. I almost. I was tempted to to change what game I'm going to read out next, but anyway. Do it. Uh, no. <laughs> it's all part of the strategy. Game number two is played through a third person over the shoulder view. Players are allowed to switch between first person and third person at any moment. Players either travel on foot or ride various types of mechanized suits. The suits carry heavy weapons Ewan. such as chain. Ewan? Uh... 
no, I feel like I've panicked here. Anthem was what I was going to say, but it is not Anthem. Yeah. Uh, such as chain guns and rocket launchers. They can pick up weapons lying on the ground and fire multiple weapons at once. On foot, players are able to use a grappling hook to pull themselves up to normally hard-to-reach places or to hook onto one of these suits and hijack it. Shannon. Oh. Shannon. Mm. Titanfall 2. Not Titanfall 2. This is harder than so I thought it was going to be. Game I know. First, you said first or third person, right? First, Yeah, first and third person. Someone will get it after this. I feel like James knows it and he's just... Are we all back in? I think you're yes. all back in. Uh, driving the suits and using certain weapons requires thermal energy. Also, the planet's cold temperatures cause the characters... Shannon. No. Shannon? <laughs> I'm blanking. It's, I don't know. Lost Planet. It's- three, two, or the original. <laughs> no, you, no you, picked, you picked three. James, it's not Lost Planet Ewan. 3. Oh my god, you and... <laughs> How about... Wow. James, James, can you give me the full title? Lost Planet Extreme Condition? Yeah, okay, you got it. I would have never got that in a million years. <laughs> I knew it was Lost Planet, but I didn't know which one. And then, yeah. Wow. Wow. James well, bags shit. himself <clears throat> the full three points and moves up to eight. Thanks well done, James. Everyone, <laughs> I thought I thought you were going to get Lost Planet straight away, James. That's how I was like, I, maybe nah, I should switch I, this. I did. I did know Lost Planet, but like I said, I just didn't know which one. And I knew as soon as I guess one, it'd be the wrong one. And then Shannon would do his, his <laughs> Shannon, trick. Yeah. Shannon took that, <clears throat> fell on that sword. I I panic in these situations. I just like whatever. There's the first yeah, game to come to mind. I just like <laughs> quicker than James. Be quicker than James. <laughs> Hope for the best. I got to uh, with my that. Reserves. With that, let's bring an end to what was this week's episode of the Press Start Podcast, once again brought to you by SteelSeries and their new range of alias microphones. Subscribe to us on Listener or the podcast service of your choice. Follow us at PressStartAU and visit the site at PressStart.com.au. We've been joined today by Shannon. Yeah, you can follow me at Shannon Grixty. James. Yes, you can follow me at, at Jams, A-T-J-M-Z on X. And Kieran. Uh, yeah, you can follow me at hash underscore B-R-A-U-N. And also you can go onto the Press Start YouTube channel and watch my video preview of Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. I've been your host, Ewan Roxbury. You can follow me on Twitter uh, and all socials for that matter. And Ewan underscore Roxbury. Thanks again for tuning in. And until next time, happy gaming. Bye. 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 Bye.